Well, we are delighted to have all of you here with us today. I know we have a lot of visitors here. We have a group of, uh, I'm going to say, missionaries from the Mennonite Church uh, that have been in our area working since Hurricane uh, Irma and others have come through this area, and uh, we have a group of them here today. We're delighted to have you. Yes, give them a hand. Talking with one gentleman, he said, not from the Mennonite group, from an, but he told me, he said, it's not that cold, preacher. He said, I'm from, from Maine. And I said, yeah, I'm sure for you it's not cold. Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw Kaya up here a moment ago. She had her coat and she had her all up. I said, that's how, what Floridians look like when it's below 60. Uh, right, Daryl? Daryl, where's your jacket? Oh, three shirts. Okay. He didn't want that jacket. Daryl starts worrying when it's just 70, but uh, uh, we are delighted to have each one of you. I decided, I told my wife today, I said I decided to go ahead and put my spring collection on, uh, hoping that that maybe would move it up a little bit. I think it's, what, 62 days or something like that this spring. Um, and so not only that I thought I put my spring outfit on, I would also thought I would preach a spring message. And I don't know of any other message about spring in the sense of Palm Sunday. You know, that, that spring, you know, uh, to kind of warm us up. But uh, we've had a great winter. Um, uh, you know, for us, I've always told our folks, uh, and, and they've told me, we have two seasons in Florida, uh, warm and warmer. Uh, this year we've gotten a little winter, and uh, it's been refreshing. Um, and uh, but just not any colder because we do weird things if it gets colder. Uh, but we're glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, I'll be preaching from the Book of Luke, chapter 19, uh, beginning with verse 37 through 46. Luke 19. 37 through 46. You can follow along in your scripture or we'll have it up on the screen. But Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, beginning with verse 37. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told, told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. As he approached and saw the city, he wept over it saying, if you knew this day, what would bring, would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. For the days will come on you when your enemies will build an embankment against you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children within you, to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in you, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. 
He, will, he went into the temple. Now, we're talking about Jesus. He went into the temple complex and began to throw out those who were selling. And he said, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it in a den of thieves. What we're finding in this account in Luke is basically the day that we know as Palm Sunday. The day that Jesus Christ went into Jerusalem. Now you can imagine, Jesus was journeying, and as he was journeying or traveling, this was his final destination. This is what he had headed up to. This is where he was coming. And as he was entering this wonderful city, he looked upon it. As he was traveling the route from the Mount of Olives, as he was traveling this route, and, and I, I've never seen it. I've had uh, read accounts of people looking at this scene, and they said, spe- especially at certain times of the day, you could see the sun as it kind of bounces off Jerusalem, how it gives a golden glow to that city. You can imagine as Jesus was going into that city that day, I'm sure there was a lot of thoughts going through his mind, and he was thinking about Jerusalem. And as we read the scripture, I do believe that it shows us that Jesus was looking at that moment, but Jesus' heart became very heavy. You know, in life sometimes, maybe in life sometimes, things take place, things happen. And I don't know because of maybe what has happened. You take a moment and, and maybe you even just go to a quiet place or a silent place. And maybe it's just a moment of tears. A moment to cry. Maybe because something is heavy upon you. Maybe because something has touched you in such a way that you just spend those tears. Jesus, according to the scripture, wept here. As he saw what was taking place, he wept. This morning, I I want us to see that I believe there are times when we should allow ourselves to have those tears that we once had. When we allow things to burden us in the sense of what should be going on as a child of God. I think one of the first things for us to notice this morning, what took place here, is that as Jesus was going into Jerusalem... And Jesus knew what was happening. Jesus knew of the people. One of the first things that I believe he encountered as he was entering Jerusalem is the superficial religion that hit him in the face. In our world today, unfortunately, I believe that if Jesus came again and walked into the city of Labelle that has all these 60-something churches, I wonder if he would come to tears because of the superficial religion that hits him in the face. Then you say, well, preacher, how did you come to that point? I know we always try to explain off how the people one week were joyful and how the next week they were saying, nail him, kill him, hang him. And we say, well, that's just the way it had to go. Could it be? That their faith was superficial. Because of the enthusiasm that was happening on the day of Passover, on this day, there was an enthusiasm. But what is enthusiasm? Enthusiasm, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, we all can get enthusiastic about things. It's been funny to get 
Facebook things back from home from the New Orleans area because anytime, anytime the Saints get close to playoffs or get into the playoffs, the city goes nuts. They just go crazy. It's just, it's just unbelievable, the things. And so they have been just in a frenzy because New Orleans possibly, you know, will be in that. And they're just going crazy about it. And, and, and really, it's so superficial. Sometimes in churches, we'll get people revved up and all that. But a lot of times, it's superficial. What we need in our churches today is that when our faith is so precious, And when people are not responding to our Lord, we're on our knees in tears because people are dying and going to hell. When is the last time we cried out? When is the last time when tears because of people not having the faith to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Could our faith be superficial? Jesus has reminded us in Scripture and talked to us about His joy. His unspeakable joy, the joy of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. There's a custom way back when, when the king, and we're not familiar with that because our nation was not founded with a monarchy or with a king. But when the king was in his castle, a flag would be, thr- would be put up. And as that flag was up, it represented that the king was home, but it also represented the glory of the king. The joy of the king. Guys, should we as churches today realize the importance of accepting the joy of the Lord? To accept what the Lord can do and that the Lord is here and we rejoice in that. But when the Lord is here, we accept him. We live for him. We come to celebrate what he's done. To celebrate what Jesus has done. You know, in the Bible, we find when Jesus wept at the garden, I'm sorry, he did wept at the garden, but but when Jesus wept at the grave of Lazarus, remember? And in that, we find where those were tears of sympathy. He'd been to the graveside and he wept. He wept because someone that was dear to him had gone. He also wept at the garden of Gethsemane where he had tears of agony. He cried out to God that God's will would be done. But we also find that he cried out that day in Jerusalem, and it was a cry of urgency. You see, Jesus knew that this was his final week. It was a cry of urgency. Brothers and sisters, I believe today we need to realize time is short. We don't have as much time as we think we do. Time is short. If you lived on the island of Hawaii yesterday, your phone would have went off to said that a nuclear or a ballistic missile was coming. Take shelter. Could you imagine looking at your phone and it says a ballistic missile is coming. Take shelter. You know what the news is telling us today? That thousands of people didn't know what to do. Thousands of people didn't know what to do, where to go, what they should be doing because a nuclear missile was coming. Well, praise God, it was a false alarm. I wonder today, if Christ came back, there'd be thousands who didn't know what to do. He'd be running around, oh, he's coming, he's coming. They've been telling me he's coming, he's coming. I've missed it, and yes, you have. Brothers and sisters, we need to see 
in the day that we live in today, we have come to a point in our lives where we need to see, guys, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about him. And as we think about Jesus and his humility and the way he treated life and the way he looked at people, it should remind us and bring us to tears when there are people who will not acknowledge that. It should bring us to tears that, dear God, show me what I can do to help that person. Jesus came in on a donkey. And people were excited. He didn't even own that donkey. When Caesar came in to take his throne, he had 40 elephants pulling his carriage. When Mark Anthony came in, he had lions pulling his. Guys, it doesn't matter how many or how unique they are. Do you have the real thing? Jesus is the real thing. Amen? Oh, today we color up a lot of different things, but Jesus, Jesus wept because people were into things that doesn't really matter. And so he wept over the superficial religion that was taking place in that day. False religion. What is that going to get you? That's why Jesus said there'll be a day when I will say, I never knew you because you've never had a real relationship with me. That should warn us. That should tell us to to be prepared. But we also need to be prepared because Jesus wept that day because there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity that was happening. Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. It was an opportunity. And we need to see that we've got an opportunity right now to tell people about Jesus Christ. We won't always have that opportunity. There are still countries that are closing their doors in the sense to the gospel. But are we taking the opportunity that we have now to share the gospel? Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. You know, a lot of times, one of, the, one of the statements I hear people say, and I know it as a pastor, I have to take it in stride. But when people come to me and say, well, preacher, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know we were doing that in our church. You know, and to me, I've had 47 meetings about it. I've talked to it. I've even dreamed about it in my sleep. And then if someone comes to me and says, I didn't know that. And I think, I've sent X amount of emails. We've sent this out. We've sent this out. We've sent this out. And they come back innocently. I don't know about that. I didn't get that. I just shake my head sometimes. But you know, even in the Bible, the coming, the pronouncement of Jesus coming into Jerusalem was not a fluke. Even in the Old Testament, it was plainly said that Jesus was coming. You can even go back. I I mentioned this morning, I mentioned Daniel 9, but it's Zechariah 9. Had the wrong chapter, a wrong book. But in there, it tells. In other words, it announces. And they even had it down to the day. When you go back and you look through the scripture and you go back and see the pronouncement, there was the opportunity. But they were like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, it's kind of like LaBelle, you know, they'll have the food truck show or something downtown. And people, I didn't know they were having that. And the people that organized were thinking, well, we did this, we did this. What is it going to, we have opportunities today. 
And what are we doing with those opportunities? We need to take the opportunity that God has given us today and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to see that we have these opportunities. We need to realize that it is now. And we need to do it now. But as we think about the opportunities, I also want us to just see the superficial religion and taking care of the opportunities. But Jesus also wept because he saw something. He saw judgment. You know, a lot of times judgment is not one of those things you want to preach about. I always think about the prophet Jeremiah. His whole ministry was about judgment. He preached it and preached it and preached it, and people didn't want to hear it. And he said, God, I don't know why you got me doing this. They don't want to hear it. He said, you preach it. Well, it's like us today. If a preacher stays on the subject of judgment too long, people say, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else and he gets done with that, and then I'll be back. We don't want to hear judgment. Who wants to hear it? We better hear it because it's true and it's going to happen. Do you know that in a short time, as Jesus looked at Jerusalem, on that day he was coming into the city, Jesus was looking in his mind and what God revealed to him that in 35 short years, that city would be ultimately destroyed. You see, the opportunity was now to reach people. But he was crying because he knew that in 35 years, that city, not just defeated, but every stone would be pulled apart. Every wall knocked down. The captives would go into that city and pour salt into the ground. So nothing could grow in the future. I wonder today. We don't know when judgment's coming, but it is. He might not be like in the sense of Jerusalem, but God's judgment. He said he will judge sin, won't he? And, and we need to see that God one day is going to judge America. He is. He is going to judge America. And, and sometimes we are blind to the danger. Sometimes we're deaf to God. But let me tell you something. Be sure of God's judgment because it's real. As I said earlier in the sermon, our God is a God of joy. And as we think of that joy, in Psalms 126.6 it says, He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him i know that's in the king james but as you look at think about that what is he telling us he that goes forth and weepeth bearing precious seed we've got an opportunity now we, we need to see that every moment that we have we need to use it in a mighty way. You know, this morning, each, each week when Brother Preston does the children's time, it's always a blessing to see our children and how young they are. But look at, look at them as precious seed. And, and you know what? We, we have a limited time with them. We have a limited time to share the gospel with them. 
Surveys say most people get saved before they're 20 years old. Then the percentages really drop off of people getting saved. Are we taking the opportunities we have now? I know sometimes people say, well, children are too young to accept Jesus. I debate that. Do you know that by 10 years old, children have, at that time, have the capability or know about half of what they're ever going to learn? Let me tell you, our, our children are something today. And we need to feed upon that. We need to take the opportunity. We need to, we need to, to reach out and, and, and reach our children and the people around us. But until we're, until we're willing to, to cry over it and say, man, I'm praying for so-and-so. Many of you know the great founder of Salvation Army, General Booth. And the Salvation Army has done so many things. But there was one particular division of the Salvation Army. They, they had done it all. They had prayed. They had taught. They had witnessed. But the, one of their generals was, was writing General Booth. And he said, we just seem like we can't have revival. He said, we, we've tried it all. What should we do? And General Booth wrote back to him and said, try this. And you know what he told him? Try tears. Because when it gets to the point that we're crying about it, then it shows our sincerity. It shows how important it is to us. It shows that we mean business. When's the last time we've cried over a lost person? When's the last time we've cried over a church that is struggling? We need to experience the joy of the Lord, yes. But just as Jesus wept because he saw a lot of the people there and they were excited that day, but he knew what they had wasn't going to last. And in our world today, if Jesus looked around, he's looking, he said, look at them. They don't have what they need that's going to last for eternity. Let's give them what they need. And that is the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus was looking at the opportunities and saw destruction. This morning, I pray that maybe we need to weep again in humility. And Lord, open my eyes that I might see like you. Let's pray. Christian Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray this morning that we would open our eyes. And Lord, allow those tears to come just as they came to you on that day. That Lord, we would see, oh Lord, the needs within our communities. Even... In our area, we should be reminded of those that still don't have a place to live after the hurricane. People in California have had mudslides come in and destroy their homes. Fires that have destroyed their homes. Lord, we can think of the physical, but Lord, may we also realize the spiritual where pornography and drugs and alcohol have come in and ruined people's homes. Lord, it's time for us to cry out to you for that divine healing that it can only come from you. Lord, I ask this in your son's name. Amen.